Are you a dad over 40? Are you overeating, overdrinking, or failing your family? Brother, if you're overweight, watching porn, or drinking more than once a week, then listen up. If you're struggling in your marriage or finances, you've lost your power as a man. What's even worse is that other men can smell weakness on you. When a man lacks confidence, he stinks of weakness. People could smell it on him a mile away. People and opportunities will avoid him because he's carrying a deadly disease called powerlessness. Remember back when you used to feel invincible, you were in your power, when you were unstoppable, back when you were the man? But how do you feel now, brother? Are you tired all the time, unmotivated, stressed, worried about the future? So what the heck changed? What happened to you? I'll tell you, you became undisciplined. You've been slipping for years, haven't you? You eat like crap, you half-ass your workouts, your health is slipping, your finances are slipping, your marriage is slipping, your parenting is slipping, your confidence is slipping. A pile of slips leads men to a big fall. How do I know? Because I'm you, brother. You are me, I am you. Brother, you're out of power. I'm in my power. Let me help you get your power back. Apply for our shredded father's brotherhood where husbands, dads, and businessmen over age 40 are getting shredded and staying ripped for life. Go to shreddedfathers.com. Limited spots are available. Brother, your wife and kids are waiting for you to step up and lead them. Brother, wake up. Move. You are listening to Your First 100K, the number one podcast for Christian entrepreneurs, coaches, and business owners who want time freedom and financial freedom so that they can provide for their families, travel the world, and give back to the less fortunate. If that's you, then sit back and stay tuned in because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Joseph Warren. I started my first multi-million dollar business at age 19 and wasted away my 20s trying to find happiness through money, success, and pleasure. I made millions, but I still didn't feel happy or fulfilled until I learned the real secrets of success. So the big question is this, how can Christian entrepreneurs like us who didn't give up on our dreams build a highly profitable six to seven figure business without being unethical, doing it all ourselves and neglecting our family and our faith? Well, that is the question. And this podcast will give you the solutions and strategies you've been looking for. Thanks for spending time with me today. If you're new here, then welcome. I have a free 10 day training waiting for you over at first100k.com. Again, go to first100k.com to grab your free 10-day training. Today, my featured guest is Brad Gatto. You can find him at fiatwm.com. That's fiatwealthmanagement.com. Now, Brad is, uh, let's just say he's raised in Iowa here in the USA. Um, Brad moved to Minnesota uh, to attend Bethel University in St. Paul, Minnesota, where he received a degree in youth ministries. Brad's business journey began in 2006 as a financial advisor. Now, Brad finds his motivation in finding a proper outcome for each client and case. He finds it most rewarding when a case comes together and goals are achieved. We're going to get into specifics about what Brad does, but more specifically, Startup Nation, what Brad can help you do in your business to get to that first 100K. Listen, sometimes the first 100,000 is the most elusive. 
out of all of them, right? Because you've never been there. It's uncharted territory. You don't know what you're doing right. You don't know what you're doing wrong. You're gathering some feedback from your clients. You're, you're barely getting enough leads. Like it's a struggle. And you're like, somebody just teach me what to do. Show me the steps. I'll follow. I'll do it. But I need the steps. I'm always confused. I'm always second guessing. I'm often feeling like an imposter in my own business. All right, Brad, we're going to get into today's show. Um, go ahead and take a minute, uh, you know, and share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. Well, that's a, a good starting question. And the definition of a good question is the answer is hard to come by. <laughs> uh, I mean, you mentioned before that I, my degree is in ministry. I thought I was going to be a youth pastor or some sort of teaching education pastor for the rest of my life. And I ended up in finance. So it's that what drives me now, 16 years in this industry is the education side of it. Um, and basically making a meaningful impact in people's lives, right? Finances are, you know, religion is a very personal topic, obviously. So I went from, you know, kind of that world, uh, not that I gave up my faith, but I just gave it up as a job to finance, which is a very, again, very personal world. Uh, most people aren't talking with their neighbors about their income and how much they have in their savings account and things of that nature. And so being able to be a part of a very intimate part of people's lives and uh, be high touch on the education side is, is kind of what drives me. But that all stems from that ministry background. That's really cool. And I, I like the way you put that, right? Our faith and our finances tend to be very personal, very private. We keep it to ourselves in our back pocket, yet we struggle in both areas. Do we not? Yeah. Right. And, and that's, so that's often America's finest, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. And so often, especially us men, we will not ask for help yeah. in either area. We'll just continue to struggle because we think we're going to figure it out eventually. Yep. And oftentimes we don't years go by and it's still not working people. Right. So Brad, what's the, one of the biggest, uh, hindrances you see men mental, like, or emotional or psychological where, uh, your prospective clients are stuck. They're stopped, uh, when they come to you. Uh, money is just a pile to them. They're saving because they've been told to, they know it's the right thing to do. Uh, but there isn't any purpose behind it. Uh, there isn't any, you know, their, their money is driving their life. Their life is not driving their money. And so honestly, most of what we do is behavioral, right? Mm. It's not spreadsheets. It's not any, you know, the idea of being able to put together a diversified portfolio in 2022, isn't that hard? It really isn't. There's enough information out there. The internet has everything you need to know. Uh, it's just about the wisdom of how to put it together and then how to make sure that your money matches your values and that you don't get to the end of life and look back and be like, gosh, I didn't really do the things that I wanted to do. I didn't really you know, I wasn't generous in the way that I, I probably could have been generous with my time or my money. And so really the, the brunt of what I do on a day-by-day -day basis outside of just running the business uh, probably belongs in a, in a chase lounge type setting where I've got a notepad than it does in front of a set of spreadsheets. Almost sounds like financial therapy. It, it kind of is. And, it, and, and it's, it's the best and most fun part of what we do is being able to see the lights turn on for somebody and be like, gosh, it's, this isn't just a pile of money. I can have purpose with this. I can have meaning behind it. It can make an impact in my life and the things that I want to do, let alone the lives of my family members and the people that I care about. And so 
that's the funnest part about our day to day. Mm. It's so cool what you're saying, because I think as entrepreneurs, we're so used to, especially if we're in the beginning, right? And we're in the struggle and the hustle and the grind. Uh, once we achieve the 100K, we hit 500K, we hit our first million. Yeah. Sometimes we still have this behaviors of that early hustling grind going on, and we don't know how to make that transition into impact, yeah. right? How do we start using the money, the resources that God has given us now to impact the lives of others? How do we multiply it rather than have still this scarcity mindset of, I just got to pay my bills. I got to pay for a bigger house. I got to pay for a bigger car. And we just create bigger problems that we need to pay for rather than, hey, here's bigger problems in the world where I can contribute. I can add value. I can leave legacy. Tell us more about that. I just don't believe as human beings that, that we're created in a way where stuff is supposed to stop with us. I think every time when you think about like a river where the water flows constantly, the water's clean, it's great, all the things, but then there's these little inlets where the water stops. And that's where all the, the nasty moss and bacteria grows and all that kind of stuff. And I just, I feel that in people's lives with their money, when the money stops with you and you're not doing anything with it, there's no meaning behind it. Um, that's what happens uh, is it just gets kind of, it creates more stress in your life than it brings joy or value, uh, not only to you, but to the people around you. And so uh, finding ways for the resources that you have to impact your life in a positive way. Yes. And you got to take care of yourself and your family, but then also to have that extend out into the people around you, uh, your community, whatever that may be. Um, that's really where that real purpose in life is going to come in. I mean, we have the luxury of working with people all the way until their final days. And when you, if you were to go interview people sitting in a nursing home and, and ask them, Hey, what would you do differently? If you could go back in time, what would you do differently? The stories are all very similar. There's always the, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that. I would have spent more time doing this, less time worrying about this. And it all comes back to this idea of putting purpose behind every minute of every day, which money is one of those things that impacts every decision that we make. And so type of job you choose, how much you choose to work versus time spent with family, you know, this race to have more uh, at all times and focusing so much in on that. And then you get to that, you know, that back half of life, the retirement stage of life and living life out of fear not wanting to spend any money that you save because you don't know how to, you don't know if you're going to run out of it. You don't know, like all these things uh, is, it's an interesting, it's an interesting dynamic being able to be a part of it. And so helping people understand that we're meant, I think we're meant as human beings, as creatures to, to be a conduit of the time, energy, and resources that we have. And that the more you give, the more secure you feel, the more you give of your time, energy, and efforts, the more fulfillment you have in life, the more you give, it tends to be the less stress you have. It seems counterintuitive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, and that's why we hoard all the things that we have, time, energy, money, all that thing, all, all of it. Um, and my experience has been the exact opposite. It's when you start to give those things away that you feel the most secure. It's so fascinating, right? Because I've gone through this journey myself, right? Making that transition, that mental transition. But it's also a spiritual transition because there's this scarcity mindset we spoke of where you're yeah. hoarding, hoarding, hoarding. There's not enough. I got to make sure I fill up my storehouse, right, for the future, but then there's this uh, emptying out, 
this uh, becoming a river rather than a lake, as you're you're describing with using this metaphor, which I agree with, and you're becoming a pass through or a reservoir of money uh, and gifting and blessings to others in their life, which makes you feel like you have more than enough. Because when you're giving away, you feel like you have excess, yep. right? Rather than not enough. So you transition from scarcity to abundance when you start to give away uh, the blessings that you've been given and you become a blessing to others. You become an answered prayer for others. So thank you for going here and BC, uh, sorry, uh, I got two top 100 podcasts here, man. Sometimes <laughs> I forget. Sorry, Startup Nation. It's not personal. I mean, it's personal. I love you. But, you know, sometimes I'll call you Broken Catholic Nation, you know. All right. So Startup okay. Nation. Yeah, that's my other show, Broken Catholic, right? So uh, Startup Nation, um, you know, we're addressing some of the mental roadblocks or maybe the spiritual roadblocks you have with your money. And I think that's important before we give you the tactics and the strategies, because what good are strategies if you have rocks in your head that are blocking you? Like when you go to deploy those strategies, you're gonna stop yourself somehow because there's something off on the inside, right? So we always address the inside first in order to get those uh, external results and outcomes. So Brad, thank you for going there with us. All right, let's get into like, the money part of it, right? Because um, my audience is like, I'm already a tither. I already give to my church. I already give to so many people, but I barely have enough for myself. Brad, how do I make more money? Like, what are your top three tips and strategies for me to make more money in 2022 in this yeah. chaotic, unpredictable, political, war-torn world we're living in? Like, what do I do? Yeah. What do you got for them? Uh, I think, you know, obviously I'm, I in the world of, of wealth management, but I think for any entrepreneur, no matter what industry you're in, for me, I, if I look back over the last 16 years and kind of what got me to where I'm at, then I would say that the number one thing that has driven success for me is curiosity. Because at the end of the day, if you're, if you're genuinely curious one about the people that came before you, because whatever it is that you do, you're probably not the first one that did it. Right. Um, not the first mover and they may be out there, but they're the exception, not the rule. And so somebody came before you. And so are you studying your industry? Are you studying, you know, people and maybe it's not exactly what you do, but somebody similar. And are you studying other successful entrepreneurs? Are you genuinely curious about how people that came before you, again, if even if it's just a general entrepreneur, what they did and where they failed? Um, I, I think that's really important. And then the flip side of that, is the curiosity of your your customer, whoever your customer is. Uh, you know, here at Fiat, my primary customer is that 55 to 70 crowd, uh, pre-retirement, retirement, early retirement type people. And we teach them how to spend their money. And if I want to do what's in their best interest and I want to attract more of them, I need to know what they want. I need to know what their fears are. I need to know why partnering with somebody like us would be beneficial in their lives. And so the curiosity that I have has not waned in 16 years. Uh, I still, to this day, genuinely love studying other advisors that have come before me, other entrepreneurs that have come before me, uh, as well as my customers, uh, the families that we serve. I love getting really deep into why they chose to work with us and what that does for them. 
you know, mentally, uh, obviously financially, but the mental part of it's more important to me. And so I think curiosity is number one. If you're not studying your industry, if you're not studying successful, other successful people, or like listening to podcasts like this, I think you're missing the boat. Uh, and so that would be my first tip is curiosity. The second one is uh, you need to figure out where your strengths and weaknesses are. You need to do a lot of personal you know, development, reflection, all that kind of stuff. Take personality tests, read books, do whatever you got to do and figure out where you're good and where you're not good. We all have strengths and we all have weaknesses. And, the, and the, the funny thing is the counterpoint to a strength, like a really, like if what your superpower is, as we like to say in my office, there's a counterpoint to it. And there's something that you really stink at. There's your and, kryptonite, right? Yeah. 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 And so you need to find ways to either bring other people into the fold and hire somebody to work with you that, that can kind of counterpoint you extremely well, or <laughs> You need to find a way to mask, mask those mask those weaknesses, or at least turn it from a weakness into something that's like a, a neutral at best, because your weaknesses are never going to be your strengths. Not everybody's good at everything. And so figuring out who you are, what makes you tick, uh, because at the end of the day, as an entrepreneur, we all get burnt out at times. And you're looking back over these 16 years um, in this industry and 12 years since I left a big box firm and started our independent firm and have been a true entrepreneur. Uh, there's tough times and there's times where you're burnt out and you get to the end of the day and you just got nothing left. But a lot of that has to do with you're doing tasks that don't bring you life and don't bring you energy. And so you need to figure out an action plan or what we would call a vivid vision of the next two to four years. Of these are the things of what I do that I love. And these are the things that I hate or I don't love. And what is my plan to offload those things? How do I get those off of my plate? Whether that means, you know, picking up a piece of technology that can do it for you, hiring another person that can do it for you, subcontracting it out uh, you know, to some other entity to do that part of your business for you, whatever that may be, you will get a ton of energy if you know that there's a very vivid vision for these things coming off of your plate so that you can focus in on the things that you do well and you're going to make more money that way. Uh, and the th that kind of leads to that third one, which is <laughs> sometimes you got to spend money to make money. The first employee that we ever hired, we could not afford, but we also could not afford to not have her mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, it wasn't my wife. I, the entrepreneurs that always, you know, they hire their spouse first because we're all cheap, you know, to a certain extent and you're taking risks already and you're trying to save money and all the things. But, um, this was not my wife. Uh, it was our assistant to help us run paperwork and all that kind of stuff. And, the bottom line is if I think that I'm worth whatever, $250 an hour, $500 an hour, something, some great, awesome number we would all love to get paid. Uh, and I'm doing paperwork, I'm wasting my time. And so being able to find team members around you that can support you, pick up your weaknesses, take things off your plate that as the owner of the firm, the CEO of the firm, whatever you want to call yourself that you shouldn't be doing, um, is vitally important. All right, Startup Nation, there you got it. Three powerful tips and strategies for you. And I challenge you this week to really sit with those. Are you being curious about your industry, studying it, those that have been successful, that have gone before you? Uh, are you studying your co competition? What's working for them? Where did they make mistakes? 
And are you studying your customers, right? And really being curious about their needs, their wants, their desires. What are they willing to pay for? What are they want, but they're not actually willing to pay for. These are very important distinctions to come up with, right? And get clear on. And then uh, Brad says, play to your strengths, like go all in with that superpower. You already know what it is. It's the thing people compliment you on that they say, you know, you make that look so easy. (laughs) That's your superpower, by the way. Like it's really that clear. Uh, And then hire around your weaknesses, right? Hire out your weaknesses. Um, the things that, you know, suck your time, that steal your energy, yeah. that leave you depleted when you get home for your family. Like they are who matters. Why would you not uh, pay money, invest money to get rid of those things that are stealing from your, your home, your, your family? Yeah. Like really put these things in perspective. So Brad, very powerful. Uh, Startup Nation, sit with that this week. Um, That's your challenge. And uh, Brad, let me ask you this, buddy. Um, What's been the number one marketing strategy uh, that's helped you attract more customers? Uh, Education. We do a ton of free education. We give and give and give and give. And eventually... You know, people come to us uh, sometimes immediately. You know, we'll do educational workshops all the time on the topics. Through curiosity, we figured out really mattered to our customers. And so we're like, all right, we're just going to start giving the education with no expectation. Now, there's a call to action if they want to visit with us after the fact. But at the end of the day, there is no push. And so our entire process has no push. Hmm. And the reason for that is, is quite simple. And that is because your customer doesn't want it. You want it. It's a very, you know, self-centered, self-serving, self-pleasing thought process of I'm going to hurry up and get to the close uh, here so that I can get to revenue. But I, I learned from a, a gentleman long ago, uh, kind of a mentor to me in this industry that he, he kind of gave the analogy. He said, look, if you walk into a used car dealer, right? And you're cruising the lot for used cars, which we know these days there's hardly any cars on these lots anymore. But back in the day when they were full and you're kind of looking and the guy comes out of the building and he starts to walk towards you, you get a positive feeling or do you get a negative feeling? Pit in the stomach and you want to fight. And your shield goes up because you know you're going to be sold. No customer ever walks into or family ever walks into my office and says in their mind, Brad better close me today or I'm going to find somebody else. It's the exact opposite. And so we have spent tons of, it slows down the upfront process to revenue for us big time. You know, we're much slower, quote unquote, than a lot of our, our competitors. But if you think about it, once you turn an assembly line on, even if it takes three months to get to revenue, as an example, because that's about our average, about 90 days. Once that assembly line's on, that 90 days, I only have to wait 90 days once because I'm constantly marketing the first kind of widget that falls off my assembly line there's one at the beginning and there's one at the end the entire time. So that 90 days, I only have to wait it out once. And so if I can create a very client centric sales process, it's all about them, not about me and their timing and not my timing. Those, those prospects and those people buying my product, whatever my product is, are going to come off that assembly line and they're, they're conscious, they're subconscious about who I am and what my product is. It's going to be all about me and who we are and not about the product that I sold. 
the quicker I push them to that product, the more I'm going to be defined by the product that I've sold. And so what that's led to for us here at Fiat anyway, is a hundred percent client retention rate. And we all know as business owners, the most expensive thing you have is your client acquisition cost. Yep. You know? And so if I know once I've got a customer, they're mine, I can wait, I can wait. And so creating a very client centric, if I put myself on the other side of the table, what would I want? What was the experience that I would want buying or going through whatever process it is that you have uh, from you and make sure that what you are actually doing jives with that. Mm. Very powerful reminder, Startup Nation. It's really just focus on the client and put in the time to really get it right. What are their needs? What are their desires? What are they willing to pay for? Put in that time, be patient. You're building an assembly line, as Brad says, yeah. that's going to pay you handsomely dividends for years to come. You're building and investing into relationships. That's the key to everything. All right. So, Brad, I'm going to close you with this question. Uh, what is your number one success habit uh, that keeps you motivated, that keeps you taking consistent action? Because yeah. so many of us, we struggle with this. We wake up in the morning, we have good days, and then we have days where we don't want to work. We don't want to do what's needed. We want to curl back up in bed. It's comfortable. It's warm. It's cozy, right? So what is has been your number one success habit? Uh, I'm going to give you two. One's pretty easy and simple, but the other one, I think less people do. The easy one that we all know that none of us... <laughs> not none of us, very few people do is get up at the same time every day and stick to a routine. Um, I'm up between five and five 30. I get my workouts in. And when I miss that stuff or I sleep in, you know, the rest of the day, I might as well just kind of call it because I just know my productivity is going to be down. Um, and so consistency and schedule is important, but the one that is most important to me, uh, is I have a business partner. There's two owners to our firm. We spend at least one weekend, a quarter, if not more, away from our business, working on our business. Hmm. Not in the office. We leave the office. We don't come here because we all know how that goes. When you're in your office, mm -hmm. your door is getting knocked on all the time. There's fires everywhere. You constantly are stuck in the urgent and important bucket, and you can't ever get out of it to vision cast for yourself and for your business and for your employees and all these sorts of things. Uh, if you have employees and so spending that time away and looking at your business from 50,000 feet and reviewing what's going well, what's not going well, what do we need to change? What team members are not on board with the vision that we've got, like, and all of that kind of stuff. And just kind of doing a mental check on what you've got going on and pouring back into yourself. Uh, it's the, of all the things that we do here at Fiat, I look forward to that weekend every quarter more than anything. It is, so fulfilling to sit there and talk about your business, kind of like talking about your kids. You know what I mean? When you're hanging out with your friends at a fire pit and you're just like, all of a sudden the kid talks, we all love talking about our kids because they're our kids. Your business is kind of your baby. And so the ability to sit back and talk about it, ruminate on it, vision cast for it, um, health check, everything, it's awesome. Uh, and so I would recommend everybody spends time and build a habit to work on your business and not in your business. All right, Startup Nations, go schedule your first business retreat. You owe it to yourself. 
All right, Brad, welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the hustle round. I'm going to ask you 11 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. It's like a game show. Are you ready? Let's go. All right. What's your favorite thing about owning your own business? Time. Freedom. Yeah. What's your least favorite thing? Payroll. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's transparent. Uh, I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life. It's just part of the human condition. What are you currently struggling with right now, either professionally or personally? Uh, Flesh. That'll mean some believers. Say that again? My flesh. Okay. Just that 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 dichotomy of of wanting to wanting to live out my faith in a meaningful way, but struggling with my sin, my flesh. It's a very Got it. anyway. Yeah, very spirit filled answer there. What are you most afraid of? Uh, that my kids, my two boys. I have two boys, twelve and eight. Uh, that they. Um, that I'm not the father to them that I want to be, that I have the vision I've casted in my head of what I think a good father is. Got it. What do you think is the number one thing that's holding you back in that area? Time. Uh, giving too much to my business so that when I go home, I'm empty. Uh, no patience, no time, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So often we get caught up giving the leftovers to the people that should get the best. Yeah. I hear you, brother. What do you, uh, what did you spend way too much time doing, um, uh, your first year in business? <laughs> thinking, thinking, not doing, not enough not doing. Not yeah. Enough just acting. Yeah. Think. I just, I, I believe I, I live my life out in front of my skis at all times. And I just kind of do, I'm a doer by nature. And I paused a lot in that first year. I, I clenched, you know, um, yeah. too much thinking. Yeah, I get that. What secret fear do you have about people? Uh, that they don't like me. Okay, fair enough. What do you wish you had learned sooner in business? That it's not that that, that client-centric thought process of put yourself in the mind of your client and solve their problems for them and your problems will be solved. Got it. What's a new habit you're going to create this year for yourself? Uh, back into running. Uh, I kind of missed out on that the last couple of years. I used to run a couple half marathons. I'm not a marathoner. I've never got to the end of a half and thought I want to do that again. Um, (laughs) So I've got that goal this year. You know, that's the one area of my life I'm not a starter in (laughs) is marathons. Uh, What's a bad habit you're going to break? Uh, Sleep, going to bed earlier. Uh, Going to bed too late is the habit I'm going to break. Okay, got it. And uh, pick three words to describe who you are now. Uh, I'm a father, I'm a leader, and I'm a husband. Got it. Pick three words to describe who you were your first year in this business. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, I was fresh, I was exuberant, and I was ignorant. I like it. Uh, and last question, if you could come back to life after you died, uh, tell your family and friends only one piece of advice about true success. What would you say to them? Uh, I'm assuming based on my faith, if I had died and I get to come back, I, I know at that point, I know in my heart of hearts it is, but I've been to heaven now and I've come back and I get to tell them that it is exactly like Jesus said, and it's not about 
it's the exact opposite of what we're chasing, right? It's the Beatitudes, you know, blessed are the meek, blessed are the poor, blessed are the humble in spirit, those sorts of things. Well said, sir. All right, this is the part of the show where you get to give my audience, Startup Nation, a homework assignment this week. What's one action that they need to take, must take this week in order to grow their business, their income, and their impact? Invest in yourself, whatever that means. If you've never done personality assessments, if you've never spent time figuring out what your strengths and weaknesses are, if you've never sat down and casted a vivid vision of what you want two years, two to four years from now, and what that looks like for your business, for your family, for the people around you, you've never sat down and figure out what your values are and what drives you and making sure that every action you take every single day is pointed towards those values, then you're just kind of an amoeba floating out there and you don't really know what you want. And so take the time this week to do that. There are books out there that are amazing at this kind of stuff. Uh, there's a book called Essentialism that we, we have a book club here at Fiat uh, that we read that was amazing. Atomic Habits is another great book. Uh, we've all taken the Enneagram. And if you've, it's a, there's plenty of different personality profiling things out there to kind of give you a, a glimpse into what makes you tick. Uh, we love the Enneagram. And so that's another good option out there, but spend time on yourself and make sure that you're well-rounded so that you can be a positive impact to the people. Around. All right, Startup Nation, that's your homework assignment if you choose to accept it. Or are you just pretending you want success? You got to do the work. All right, Startup Nation, if you enjoy the show, go to iTunes or Stitcher and write an honest review right now. Just like swipe on your phone. Just do it. Just hit one of those stars. You could give me a one star. I don't care. Give me a five. Whatever. Rate Brad. Even better. Right? How did he show up today? Did he add value to your life? Write a few words. Don't be selfish. Come on. And if you like what, if I like what you write, I uh, may give you a shout out live on the show, right? A little hoorah. All right, Brad, what's the best way for Startup Nation to get in touch with you? Or if they were just so like captivated by who you are and they like you so much, maybe they want to work with you. Where do they go? Uh, our website's got everything you need. Uh, all the contact information, all of our, we have a podcast. All, everything about us is on our website. It's fiat, F-I-A-T-W-M.com. Fiatwm.com. Brad Gatto, thank you for being on your first 100K, number what? one, oh, sorry, top 100 podcast on iTunes in entrepreneurship. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, sir. Appreciate it, brother. Are you a dad over 40? Are you overeating, over drinking, or failing your family? Brother, if you're overweight, watching porn, or drinking more than once a week, then listen up. If you're struggling in your marriage or finances, you've lost your power as a man. What's even worse is that other men can smell weakness on you. When a man lacks confidence, he stinks of weakness. People could smell it on him a mile away. People and opportunities will avoid him because he's carrying a deadly disease called powerlessness. Remember back when you used to feel invincible, you were in your power, when you were unstoppable, back when you were the man? But how do you feel now, brother? Are you tired all the time, unmotivated, stressed, worried about the future? So what the heck changed? What happened to you? I'll tell you, you became undisciplined. You've been slipping for years, haven't you? You eat like crap, you half-ass your workouts, your health is slipping, your finances are slipping, your marriage is slipping, your parenting is slipping, your confidence is slipping. A pile of slips leads men to a big fall. How do I know? Because I'm you, brother. 
You are me, I am you. Brother, you're out of power. I'm in my power. Let me help you get your power back. Apply for our shredded father's brotherhood where husbands, dads, and businessmen over age 40 are getting shredded and staying ripped for life. Go to shreddedfathers.com. Limited spots are available. Brother, your wife and kids are waiting for you to step up and lead them. Brother, wake up. Move.